Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm your host for this episode of the show, John Breeden. And today we are going to be talking about Streets of Rage, the remake. And we are going to be on the air for as long as we can until Sega kicks down the door and stops us. I, I don't know if Sega will actually be trying to stop us or not. Although I seriously doubt if I'll be getting a review copy of um, uh, Yakuza 4 <laughs> after all our coverage. Um, yes, or after all the stuff I've said about it. Uh, yeah, I know. They stopped returning my freaking calls. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write them again. Um, <laughs> joining me in the lounge today is uh, Todd Hargosh. Todd Hargosh uh, wrote the column about the Streets of Rage debacle and what's going on. So, uh, Todd, we're going to be throwing it over to you first uh, so you can tell us all about that. Also joining us is Marie Flanagan. Marie, uh, welcome to the lounge today. Hey, hey. Very good, very good. You will be taking the role of the intellectual neutral party in this debate. <laughs> and we also Ooh, we also have uh, William White, uh, Billy, um, who I don't know where Billy falls on it. I assume Billy is going to uh, be a rabid fanboy along with Todd on this one, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Billy, sometimes you surprise me. I don't uh, I'm actually definitely on Todd's side. Okay. Yeah. Someone is fine. <laughs> Wait, we're we're taking sides. Uh, we have to. Yep. We have to take sides. When we take sides, the ratings. Oh, uh, good thing Nate's not here because he'd be on your side. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, who knows? Nate's not coming. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. When when um when when we do the show where somebody was angry about his cartoon, um yeah, I think he'll show up uh, to defend it and its honor. But I don't know if he'll show up for this or not. So. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, Todd. Tell us about um, this whole Streets of Rage thing and, and why it's got people as mad as, you know, if, if you had a timeshare in uh, in Libya lately. <laughs> well, Streets of Rage Remake was uh, a, a fan-based game that was designed by Border Games. Uh, the project's been in work for about eight years. Uh, about a week or two ago, they released version 5.0, which they considered as the final remake of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh this is when I, I first heard glimpses of it. I didn't really pay attention to it until I watched some YouTube videos of the game, and I thought, you know what? This is a pretty well-done remake. I mean, I didn't think – I mean, fan-based remakes are usually pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. Something done like on, on Adobe Flash or something. No, this was all done from the ground up without any of the uh, actual source material. Not, nothing from the three games that Sega made for the Genesis and the one for the Game Gear. Mm-hmm. 80,000 lines of code written in eight, in eight years. They re, they allowed all the characters from their, from the three, three games that you played as, plus some bonus characters, including one that was censored from the U.S. Streets of Rage 3 because of, uh, his, um, shall we say flamboyant personality. <laughs> okay. I think you know what that means. Yeah, it's 19 characters. It has 103 stages to fight through, which is a lot more than I thought from all three games combined. Hmm. They even made some special designs that were taken out of some games, like Streets Rage 3 is supposed to have a motorcycle chase scene. Right. This game actually includes it. I saw the motorcycles in the uh, in the screenshots I was looking at, and I didn't remember that from the original game. So, yeah. So yeah, they... It was taken out of 3. 3 in the U.S. was heavily... Well, broken. when you say when you say remake, now, what, what does that mean exactly? Did they take the characters from the game and put them in their own adventure, or is this the same thing, like if I put my, my old Sega Genesis cartridge in, I would play that game? I mean, what would it... The best way to say it would be more like a reimagining. Okay. Because uh, it allows you... 
since it's taking elements from all three games, it allows you to change the storyline. They can take mobile pass. You end up with the ending from Streets of Rage 1. You can end up with the ending from 2. You, I haven't seen the ending for 3 yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen the characters from mm-hmm. it. But, I mean, it, it basically mixes and matches it. It allows you to earn, like with most modern games, you can earn enough points to up or unlock special features, such as um, being able to add more power to weapons, keep weapons after you die, uh, carry them over to the next level, mm-hmm. uh, change the character names, change the enemy names, uh, make up your own storyline. So, Let's just, I mean, bar, bar games just went all out on this. And when you say, is it border games, right? Bomber, bomber games. games, yeah. If I keep if I keep saying board games, bear with me. I don't know why I keep saying that in my well, bom- mind. Well, but, but I just wanted to make it clear that bomber games, even though they are technically a company, they're basically just a collection of guys who are working on this thing. It's not really, a, right. you know, it's not really. In fact, I heard after uh, remake five that the the head of bomber games was going to move on to future projects and not do anything else as far as gaming is concerned. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. So this was his final swan song. Well, the thing that the thing that obviously makes this controversial, which we we need to get into, is um, uh, the relationship between Bomber Games and Sega. Now they 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 tried to bring Sega into the loop early on, like eight years ago, right? Right. They've contacted Sega and uh, they never got any responses from like such as uh, insisting on them to cease and cease the product. You're in, you're infringing on our intellectual property. Right. It wasn't until after we made the announcement of. Uh, Streets of Rage Remake version 5.0, which will be the final version, is now available for download. That's when Sega dropped the ban hammer. They came in and basically gave them a cease and desist order and said, you have to take this down. Right. It's no longer on their site. In fact, I tried to get on Bomber Games site before record, and we, I got an error message saying that the bandwidth on the site has been exceeded. Right. Well, and before that happened, um, they had basically said that you know the, the game wasn't going to be available for download. None of the developers are going to talk about it. Um, the head guy would not be on the forum. The head guy kind of sounds like a jerk anyway, but he would basically wasn't going to be talking to anybody about it and everything. It just, it seems kind of like a, it seems kind of like a strange situation. But the, but the end result is that Sega basically said, take it down, and they did, and now, you know, you, you can't find it anywhere. Well, you probably can find it some places, because it was up for a couple weeks. Yeah, and of course, there's some unscrupulous sites will have it up as well. There's always a way. You can't completely censor the internet. Well, no, not, not when you've had it up for a week and found Thousands of people downloaded it. If you, I mean, if you want to find it, I'm sure you can find it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, so Billy, you're you 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 know, you said at the beginning that you were sort of on Todd's side about this. I mean, do you, is this something that you were looking forward to? That you're kind of pissed off that the <laughs> that Sega took it down after after waiting eight years for it? Um, Streets of Rage itself, specifically, uh, no, not really. Hey, I'm not not to say that I didn't enjoy the games. But not really looking forward to the remake. Granted, I, it, it is amazing what all they've done with it. <laughs> and I think it's uh, a load of bullcrap that Sega would pull this. But I mean, it's with other projects that I've seen. I've, I've made no, I've, I've made, uh, made it very clear I'm a, I'm a Square Enix fanboy. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I just read your dissident review where you were like, I'm a, I'm a fanboy, but I didn't like this game. Gasp, gasp. <laughs> If it's yeah. not Heavy Rain, it's Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, there was a, a Chrono Trigger remake coming out three or four years ago that got about the same thing happened to it. It was about halfway through, maybe maybe closer to three-fourths. It was very near the end of its production, and Square waited all this time until they were finally like, hey, uh, listen, 
uh, cease and desist. You know, they sent out all the letters and everything like that. And their major reasoning was, well, we're talking about still using the Chrono Trigger series. We've registered the trademark. Well, we've copyrighted the name Chrono Break, and that was that was back in like what 2003, maybe. And they haven't touched the series besides a DS remake of Chrono Trigger since then. Mm-hmm. Just uh, you know, it sounds like something I'm expecting with Nintendo as well. Because believe it or not, even though I'm not a role player, I love Earthbound. Mm. That's one of my most favorite role-playing games, also known in Japan as Mother 2. Everybody's been wanting Mother 3 to come out. Right. For, it was originally supposed to come out for the Game Boy Advance, but then the DS came out, and they were like, why make a game for the Game Boy Advance, despite backward compatibility now? But I guess with the 3DS, that makes it a moot point. But some fans uh, translated Mother 3 to English hmm. and went all out, even creating a, uh, a full full-blown uh, um, strategy guide on the game, which was done like the uh, Earthbound strategy guide. And thankfully, there's been no word from Nintendo yet about seasoned assisting that. Is, is but, it out now? Did, can you get it? Yeah. Uh, it's available online, yeah. I've, I wasn't able to get it because I have a Game Boy Advance, obviously. Mm. But uh, it is available. Mm. Surprisingly, there's been no word from it yet. Interesting. Well, Marie, now you're here because you know you're you're sort of the the voice of reason. I mean, it's 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 easy for us to 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 beat up on Sega and say, oh, how dare they take away our game, you know? And and I will say, you know, looking at all the points of view, I do think it was kind of crappy of them to wait eight years and then say, okay, now stop doing it. But but your point is that. They pretty much had to do this, or they would have lost their rights to ever do anything with that series again, right? Right. Well, see, here's the thing. You can't copyright a title, but you can trademark it. And trademarks, though, are very tricky things, because you have to defend them to keep them. Mm -hmm. So if Sega... Well, first of all, let's go back a little bit. Okay. I'm guessing that Sega gets, and all big game companies get... A lot of letters from fan groups saying, oh, we want to remake this game, or oh, we're going to do this. And it goes back to what Todd said. Most of those remakes are pretty crappy. (laughs) And I don't think that Sega wants to spend the time and the money to go after every little fan-based, you know, garbagey game that gets thrown out there. The difference with this one is that it's really good. And so they may have been sort of blowing it off, thinking, oh, it's just going to be another crappy fan remake. We don't need to worry about that. And then, in fact, um, it was quite good. Um, But if you read the release that that Sega said about this, is they said they were protecting their intellectual property. So it wasn't just the name Streets of Rage, but, you know, they used the actual character names. um, And they used the different endings from the three games. You know, there's a lot of copyright infringement there because you can copyright software and, you know, character names and storylines. That's copyrightable. Plus, they used um, the Streets of Rage name, which is a trademark. And if Sega had just let this go and not defended it, it would have basically been abandoning all of that property, mm-hmm. um, which is not something that most companies are willing to do. And the other thing is, um, you know, if if Bomber Games had come out with Raging Streets. Streets of Anger or something. Yeah, Streets of Anger, Streets of Fury, right. um, had changed all the character names. Since their, since their code was fresh from the ground up, they could have released this as a, as a, you know, either a free game or a shareware game or whatever they wanted to do, and probably would have been, you know, 
unable to be touched by. No, they probably could have even said, you know, inspired by Streets of Rage or something. Sure. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, do you miss Streets of Rage? <laughs> Try Streets of Fury. <laughs> you know, and there you go. Yeah. But that's not the way they did it, and and I don't see that Sega really had much choice if they wanted to at ever touch Streets of Rage again. Yeah. Well, Todd, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, the. Uh... I mean, it, it all makes sense, but my biggest question, and this is the thing I've been complaining about all along, why wait to the last second? Why wait till zero hour? Well, it may be like Murray said. I mean, is there a point that maybe they just thought it would it would be horrible, and then they they said, "Hey, wow, this is really good, and we better do something about it." I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, and they say they sent a letter to Sega. But I don't know what that means. I mean, did they just address it to, you know, Sega at corporate headquarters? Because, you know, I'm sure Sega gets a lot of uh, letters. Hey, I would like to make a game. It's a really cool idea. You should, you know, there's a penguin with a bazooka, and he shoots things, you know. (laughs) know, Make that into a game and pay me money. I'm sure they probably get a lot of junk mail like that. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I guess if they were smart, they would have, you know, a form letter that whenever they get a mail from someone that says that, they should send it back out and say, you cannot do this. It is our property. We will stop you, you know, and it, it would cost them a stamp, you know, <laughs> to be on record as doing yeah, it. Which would have made a lot more sense. I think that's perhaps my biggest anger about the whole matter mm-hmm. is because they waited so long. I mean, they could have cut it a long time ago. Well, but, you know, I, the other end of that is who invests 80,000 lines of code in eight years mm-hmm. over something that's not their property? Fanboys. I mean <laughs> – well, yeah, but you know, f- doing th- like fan fiction, you know, is is the the equivalent of this, I guess, in publishing. Right. But you know, there are there are authors and publishing companies that go after uh, fan writers, and there are authors and publishing companies that don't. Um, and I think it all depends on on your point of view as to as to as to how fans um, are part of the process and whether or not you're. Creating free advertising, basically, and getting people really into something, or if you're infringing on copyright and losing something. I suppose you're right. I mean, I suppose you couldn't go write a novel in, in, in the Harry Potter series and 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 have you know Hermione go off and I don't know become a lesbian or something. I don't know, but I mean, I would, I would think if you did anything, that they would come down on you because you weren't being official about it. And I suppose that. Well, actually, fan fiction, uh, Hermione pretty much can do anything she wants in fan fiction, and <laughs> and they haven't gone after. They haven't, you know, Warner Brothers hasn't gone after that. Um, uh, J.K. Rowling's publisher hasn't gone after that. Um, and there's there's millions of Harry Potter fan fiction stories on the internet. Really? Um, but no, yeah. But <laughs> nobody's um, nobody's gone after them. Now, way back in the day, Lucasfilm uh, used to go after fan writers. But they abandoned that after a while. They started um, hiring them. <laughs> well, they said, hey, you write better than George Lucas ever did. <laughs> well, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it's it's one of those things where some companies like, uh, John, you mentioned uh, Bethesda and some of the companies like that um, releasing the mod kits so that fans can create their own characters and things like that and do their own modifications to games. Um, so it's really... A lot of industries that have copyright and trademark and, and intellectual property 
have sort of split opinions. Yeah, on I was fan contribution. Yeah, some of that stuff we had actually talked about before the show, but I did want to bring it up is that I was wondering if it was the whole thing between sort of the Japanese company mentality and an American company mentality because a lot of the American companies like uh, BioWare and um and Bethesda Software, you know, like with Neverwinter Nights and with Oblivion and Morrowind before that, you know, they would release the the basically what is as far as i can tell the actual developer tools and you know for oblivion i've seen some i've i've gone into a 100 level dungeon that a fan made um i've they they've take i've seen a mod where they turned brazil into a pirate town complete with ship battles and and voices and all kinds of quests and stuff i mean you know and this is this is you know pretty good stuff that that people are making based on the based on the property and, and so yeah, and I guess in a sense the fan mods do compete with the official mods. I mean, you know, so but they don't seem to care because I guess they think that the sales is um the sales is more. But but Bill, I wanted to ask you, um so so based on everything that we've said here, I mean, do you think that do you think that uh, the develop do you think that the developer is in the wrong because they didn't do what like Marie suggested and make it streets of anger or something like that? Or or do you think that all the blame rests with Sega? I I can't deny it, and I mean, there's, there there's, it, it's kind of like a touchy, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not necessarily wrong; they're not wrong. But at the same time, I wish I wish Sega would have taken a different route with this. I wish mm-hmm. instead of being like, well, you know, we're going to completely just uh, ban this. Why wouldn't they look at it and say, wow, these guys are really a great developer company. Maybe we could uh, hire them on, you know, use do stuff like that. I mean, those agreements are. Gee, so hard to see, but when it happens, it's usually it's usually great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Todd. Do you think there's a chance that this is that this is good? Because the weird, the one weird thing about this situation, if you go to the developer page, is how quiet the developers are being. Like, soon as Sega sent the cease and desist order, they took everything down, and they even said on their web page, "We are not going to talk about the situation. We, nobody's going to comment on it. You know, we're not going to post on the forums." It's almost like they they. They not only took the game down, they just totally disbanded and faded into the the world. And Sega could not make them do that. Sega they could they could take the game down and then say Sega's a bunch of jerks and and as much as they wanted. Um, but they're not doing that. So does that sort of mean that possibly there was some sort of uh, you know a deal in the works? Are we going to see this on uh, Xbox Live or PlayStation Network? I hope so. To tell you the truth, because I gotta give Barn Games credit; they did a great job. Mm-hmm. It's been it took a lot of time, as we said, eight years, eighty thousand lines of code. I'm hoping that this becomes a reality. I mean, this goes back. This actually goes back to when I went to Magfest Eight mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, right. and someone asked John St. John about the status of Duke Nukem Forever, and he his response was very frankly, "I'm not allowed to speak on that subject, sir." Hmm. Even though he ended up hinting by saying, "Read between the lines," hmm. and we saw what happened. It was announced mm-hmm. and scheduled to come out in June, if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm hoping the same thing happens with Street Rage Remake. They're gonna make a deal with uh, with Bomber Games, give them a good cut for what they did. Actually, I think they should get a huge, huge cut from Sega of all this from all the sales they get because I know people will buy it. Mm-hmm. Retro gamers like myself will, will fall in love with it. Yeah, I mean, they, all the work's done. It would be if the game is as good as as you say it is. It would be kind of dumb for Sega not to just say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll purchase it and we'll put it out and, you know, and everyone will be, everyone will be happy. <laughs> and just, I mean, just all you need to do is port it. Yeah, and I almost... Yeah, as far as if they do it on a PC download service like Steam or something, I don't know if Sega has any affiliations with Steam, 
or, or any site similar to that. I mean, it shouldn't be a problem for them. Just convert it over to Xbox Live Arcade or PlayStation Network, even on WiiWare. And I'm offered for um, 800 Microsoft points, $10. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd make a good deal. Yeah, and I would, I, I don't know. And I would, the way that the developers are acting and, and, you know, I don't think they were all that friendly before. Just the tone of their website and so forth doesn't seem that way. Um, it was kind of like, do not, contact the the main developer he will not talk to you and all this stuff this was even before the controversy so you know i i kind of I don't, I don't know maybe maybe they just don't have a good public relations arm but i kind of think the way they're acting it seems like it might be it might be going that way so um all right well uh i guess um let me ask you guys uh let me ask you guys a final question uh, actually it's going to be a two-parter final question first is um do you think that what happened here, uh, how could it have been handled better? And secondly, uh, do you think that, um, this is going to hurt, uh, you know, the fan, the fan base gaming market? Um, and I'll start with you, Marie. You know, I don't, I don't think this hurts anything. Um, I think that fan games, most of them anyway, um, are just like fan fiction or any other fan base creative anything, fan art, um, it's just people do it because they love the game or they love the book or they love the movie and um they just love the characters and I think that um I think ultimately fan projects like this um or really not like this smaller fan projects <laughs> um I think contribute to you know advertising they keep um they keep the game or the book or the movie alive in people's minds in between the big releases of the actual game book or movie um but, you know, something like this game that, that, uh, the Streets of Rage, uh, remake, that's, that's pushing, you know, the fact that it's an actual company, even if it is just a bunch of guys, it's still a company, they have a company website, they, this is teetering into, this isn't, you know, you and me did our, our, you know, fan-based Sega game, you know, on the, on afternoons, I mean, this is, this is a much bigger project than this, and these people seem to be actually incorporated with an actual website. This is this, I think, is way outside the realm of a fan game, and I don't, I don't think it's even fair to call it that. Okay, fair. It's a, it's an out and out infringement. I think. Okay, fair, fair point, Billy. Billy, what do you think? Uh, the the current situation, and then also, uh, if this will affect you know fan based projects at all in the future. Well, I've already said about how I think it should have been handled. <laughs> And what would have been a good idea for it? Um, as for affecting fan-based projects in the future, uh, well, look, I mean, I don't really think it's going to have that major of an effect. People are going to continue to make their fan-based games, and whoever happens to not like it, Square, Sega, whoever, is going to send their cease and desist. And then, as we all possibly know, it's probably still going to be produced just under the table, and I'm sure you'll be able to find it in a few months. <laughs> okay. All right. Todd, what about you? You get the last word since it was your column. You brought it to our attention. Uh, how was the situation handled, and uh, what what do you think this means for other projects? You've mentioned a couple of them that you were looking forward to or coming out or that are out. Yeah, it's not going to affect them, in my opinion, because just like Billy said, I mean, it's going to be done illegally. I mean, they're still going to distribute it. I've, um, I don't know if I should say this because I'm sure it'll be edited, but there's some, um, there's some pirate sites I checked where the uh, download is currently available and it's selling like hotcakes, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, well, selling might not be the right word, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you get the idea. Right, right. But, but no, it's, I mean, a season of this letter is not going to stop the rabbit internet fan base. They're just going to keep getting distributed. In fact, it, 
by Sega doing this, it's actually going to end up giving Bomber Games more publicity. Right. Either a sympathy vote, backing them up, or basically saying, screw you, Sega, for doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be a lot of angry fans out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I kind of feel like – I kind of feel like – I sort of agree with Marie that they were sort of backed into a corner on this one and um but I do also agree that it was kind of silly that they waited 8 years. I mean, you know, it was so I mean, I guess they didn't give it the the credit that it was due until it came out and somebody played it and said, "Oh my god, this is great. <laughs> we need to we need to stop this." Um and then again, who knows? The story may have a happy ending. We may be able to get it for the for the PlayStation or the Xbox. That would be pretty cool. That would be the ultimate thing. So I mean, even though I got I have the download. I'll still pay ten bucks. for Well, yeah, I mean, because the, the, the PlayStation. Well, the PlayStation Network and the and the Xbox Network are different than playing on the PC. I mean, you know, so so that would be a different market that people would be interested in. All right, well, let us know what you guys think. Uh, is Sega a bunch of bullies, or did they have to do what they did? You know, sometimes it's cost of doing business. Um, let us know. Our email address is ginlounge at gameindustry.com. Uh, thank you to my panelists today, and uh, uh, thank you all for showing up and uh, giving me your excellent opinions. You weren't too too terribly rabidly angry today. <laughs> and uh, we will see all you all next week right here at gameindustry.com's The Gin Lounge. Take care, everybody. Thank you.